Hi there and welcome. This is Revel and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guests today are husband and wife raw foodists, Ronnie and Min from UB Raw. Ronnie and Min are husband and wife raw foodists and they produce some of the most interesting and unbelievably tasty raw and living foods you may ever encounter. A little bit about Min, she's a second generation raw and living food chef, born in Vietnam in 1950 into a very humble and loving Buddhist family, the youngest of eight children. At a very young age, men began learning which plants were edible and which were not, how to find food and medicines in the jungle, and how to use them. Now, I'm jealous because this is something we're walking out in the uh, hills here in Altadena, and um, this is something I want to learn, how to do this. Anyway, she spent her youth helping her mother grow, gather, and prepare food for her family using simple and ancient techniques without electricity, and... In this way, the art of preparing food was passed from generation to generation without even knowing what raw food was. To them, it was just food. So I'd like to present, and Ron is, uh, Ronnie is an Essene philosopher who spends his time and energy promoting raw and living foods and the teachings of the Essenes. I'd like to introduce Ron, Ronnie, I don't know, Ronnie, I'm speaking too fast, and Min. Welcome. Hi. 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 Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's, it's my pleasure having you. I met uh, Ronnie and uh, Min at a... Uh, where did I meet you? I met you at a fundraiser for uh, Dorit's uh, film festival. Yes, yes. Yes. We had entered, yes, we had our film Going Raw, was entered into the, uh, the uh, Raw Film Festival this year, and uh, received the uh, Golden Apple Reward for helping to sustain to keep a sustainable lifestyle going here in this world. And it was very exciting to see all the great filmmakers and all the interest in raw food and all the associated issues around raw food. So, Ronnie, what, what got you interested in, in raw? Well, I had been a, a vegan for about 30 years, and I live in a really small town about an hour north of Las Vegas. And I, I heard that uh, David Wolf was doing his one of his first, very first lectures in St. George, Utah. This would have been about 10 or 11 years ago. And I attended his, uh, his lecture. I liked what he had to say. And I decided to go home and, and try raw. And I started it and felt so good after about three days. It's now been 10 or 11 years that I've been 100% raw. Wow. Every minute of it. Yeah. So you, did, did anything happen? Did, what, what changed in your health? Well, you know, when I was vegan, I thought I felt really good, and I had maintained pretty much the same weight since high school. I was about 145 pounds. And when I started to do the raw food, I, I started to feel energized right off the bat. After about the third day, I felt a, a big increase in my energy level. And then I started to slowly lose a little weight, uh, and I got down to 135 and have maintained that weight now constantly for the past 10 or 11 years. But... It was just a overall feeling of well-being that really struck me after about the, I'd say about the third or fourth day of switching from vegan to raw. I really felt an increase in just about everything. As they say, you know, mental, spiritual, and physical, everything seemed to be a little bit sharper, a little bit clearer, and it just really, really worked for me and resonated within me. And how tall are you? I am five foot six. Okay, so 135 is not... Did you get nervous when you started losing weight? 
Uh, you know what? I when I got down to one thirty-five, I thought this is enough. I hope <laughs> this doesn't keep going on, and it didn't. <laughs> kind of regulated. So I guess I was actually, as a vegan, carrying about ten extra pounds that I didn't need. Because as you know, as a vegan, I was eating a lot of pasta and uh, breads and things like that. And naturally, with the raw food, we cut out all that stuff. Was it was it hard to give up? Because I'm I found that those are the hardest things. The uh... The, the breads, for some reason, and I've never been a bread eater. Um, pasta, I've never been a pasta eater, but since going raw, that's the things I, I want the most. There, you know, there was some things that I really, really missed because I really enjoyed a nice plate of spaghetti and garlic bread, and I really enjoyed uh, pad thai noodles at my favorite Thai restaurant. And I would, I would actually dream about the smells and the sensations of those foods, and. But I really looked at it more like I was finding new things to eat rather than just giving up things because at the time I hadn't met men. I was living by myself, and I had to go out and learn how to make all these things. So it was kind of like the fun of learning how to make new things. And so I really kind of didn't go through that curve that some people do of, of missing things or being tempted to go back and eat something else. And then once I, you know, I, once I went raw, I stayed raw, and... Really, after after the first three or four days, it was kind of like in my youth. I smoked cigarettes for about five or six years, and when I quit, I quit cold turkey, and I never got the urge to do it again. And actually, felt liberated. And I kind of the same feeling with the food. I I just feel now more liberated from the cooked food than actually missing any any of it. And how long ago did you and Min meet? Min and I met about um, six six or seven years ago. Seven years ago, correct me, yes. And you were already raw. It was really interesting. I I was already 100% raw, and I met Min, and I told her about my diet. And there's a little bit of a communication uh, mix-up between Min and I. In fact, sometimes we did a demonstration one time, and a person came up to me, and they said, you know, you're kind of hypocritical telling people you're raw, and your wife told me that, Every Saturday night, when you end your fast, you eat beef soup. And I said, no, you know, it's not beef soup. It's beet soup. Beet soup, not beef soup. <laughs> so when I met then we had this little bit of a communication barrier, and I told her about my diet, and she thought it was kind of weird. She told me it's kind of weird that I didn't eat anything cooked food. And then as I was watching then, after the first week or two, I noticed she, she didn't cook anything either. And I, I thought at first she was just doing it for my benefit. But I came to realize that this is how she grew up in Vietnam. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have stoves. They didn't have a supermarket. They had to go out and gather fresh food. And most of it, 90% of it, they ate uncooked because for them to cook anything, they had to build a fire. It was a whole process. And so so even though she thought my diet was weird, here she had been eating raw food all her entire life. So... Once we got past that, it was unbelievable, and, she, and I started introducing her to the American style, I'll call it, of raw food, and she really took off. She just, uh, the food she makes is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that knife. What do you call that? Uh, the knife is called a kaibao, and it's kai-bao. really interesting because it's, it's just the perfect little tool for processing vegetables. And over in Vietnam, every household has one in the kitchen, just like we would have a, a knife in our kitchen, they have these kaibals, and it's just perfect for slicing and cutting vegetables. Oh, it is. I love mine. 
I, when when we moved, I thought I had misplaced. I said, "How could I misplace it? It should be." And it was sitting right there, and I just overlooked it. But uh, you can go to uh, Ronnie and Men's site, UB Raw. It's a letter U, the letter B, and R A W one one word. UBRaw.com, and check out these knives. Uh, they've got a really, really good price on them, because they do import them from uh, Vietnam. And it does cost them money. It, uh, it costs quite a money, a lot of money to ship things over from various countries, as we know, coming from my husband coming from Denmark. And so this is a fantastic price on these. And uh, I suggest everybody go and look at that knife and just look at, uh, pick up the video. The DVD will show you how to use the knife, too. And I've made so much sushi with that knife. Great. Maybe Min could tell you a little bit. She she actually is using the same tie dye that her mother gave her. Min was it seventeen or twenty years? How long ago did your mother give you all the girls in the family their tie dye? It is, um, my mom gave me the uh, that is uh, seventeen year already. Uh, when I come to the America, see my mom she doesn't have nothing to give me. She just give me the tie dye, and she say every time you use that, you will think about me. Oh, that's and great. that's why I keep it until now. I still use them. It's using them. So I'm happy to see the kaibao uh, in my hand all the time, every day. And I use so easy to make food for Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's great. That's a great gift. I mean, how, you know, people think that you're supposed to get something expensive and stuff. I, I think that is a fantastic yeah. Fantastic gift. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Hi, this is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. Please take the time to check out my website, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, 10 Most Asked Questions About Raw Foods. Find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more. To find my podcasts, including this one, you can go to Revel. Dot com And that's with two V's and two L's. We're also working on another site called rawretreat.com where we'll be listing all the places you can find raw retreats, other raw happenings, products I and many others recommend, best raw sites around, and more. Check out myspace.com for rockin' radio. Myspace.com slash rockin' radio and come be my friend. We're talking today with Ronnie and Min from UB Raw, and that's how you uh, find their website. It's a capital U, capital B, Raw. I'm saying capital just because it's easier that way. You don't have to do capitals on there. It's UBRaw.com. And they are husband and wife raw foodists. We're talking to them about their lifestyle and how they got to be where they are. Uh, Ronnie, um... You guys count calories, carbs, proteins, blah blah blah. <laughs> you know we, we we don't at all because I'm really a believer in that if you if you stick with nature 100 percent, everything will work itself out. And it's been my experience that that you know everything that that nutritionists and and scientists find out about carbs and calories, 
they'll end up, uh, you know, making new discoveries, contradicting the ones that they had discovered before. I just saw on Yahoo a big splash about how they think that some vitamins might be unhealthy uh, that they've been recommending people take all along. And I found that when you stick with nature, everything will work itself out. Your body will know how to assimilate what it needs to assimilate, how to get rid of what it needs to get rid of. And so, no, we don't count calories, carbs, proteins, enzymes, any of that stuff. Where, um, what's, what's a daily food regimen like for you and, and men? In the morning, we'll start off with a, about a half of a glass of water, and then men likes to make a little orange juice after that, a little fresh squeezed orange juice, and then we'll each have a date, and sometimes I'll put some cacao nibs inside of the date, make a little like, candy part out of it. And then usually we'll eat a banana, and that will pretty much sustain us uh, for, I'd say, about three or four hours until we have our lunch. And we'll have a pretty good-sized lunch, uh, consisting of one of about 30 recipes that men alternates, everything from raw food sandwiches to raw spaghetti, uh, you know, just fantastic dishes. And then in the evening, we'll usually have a, a big salad and put in there whatever we have a craving for. And during the course of the afternoon and, and, and after our, our evening salad, we might snack on things. We always keep a little trail mix around the house. We always keep our, our raw crackers around the house. Uh, we like to, uh, men likes to uh, marinate and dry uh, uh, seaweed. So we always have little seaweed snacks around. Mm. That's pretty much it. And so... You don't you don't look at things and say, well, I should cut back on fresh fruit or sweet fruit or I'm eating too many nuts or anything of that nature. We don't. Um, you know, now we live in the desert. We live in the in the we're on the right on the border of Nevada and Arizona. Our, our houses we're so close on the border that our house is actually in Nevada and our farm is in Arizona, and it's very hot up here. So we can eat a lot of fruit and a lot of melons. And it, and it seems to work fine up here. But I, I've never really looked at anything and said, oh, I've had too much nuts and seeds today. I better not eat that. I just kind of go with how I feel. And my intuition will generally tell me just by looking at something if I, if I feel like I want to eat it or not. Mm-hmm. Did it take you a long time to get to that? Or just because you think being a vegan, you were more in touch with natural foods? I think it took a little while to get to there because at first, I was so excited about learning how to make food, and until I met Vin, I thought I was pretty good at it, but then after I met her, I, I stopped making food because <laughs> I guess it would be like a guitarist meeting Jimi Hendrix. You know, there's no need in playing after you've been exposed to something like that. And so I, I, uh, you know, I was kind of wrapped up in the excitement of making foods, and I was making a lot of things and eating a lot of food, and, and I did have some days where I felt a little uncomfortable because it was too many combinations. And, and one of the things that Min is such a genius that really is being able to take a few ingredients. She always, she, she incorporates three things in all of her food. Simplicity. She always tries to keep things very simple and use the least amount of ingredients. Um, vitality. She always tries to use those things which are closest to nature. When we make a collard green wrap, we go out into the garden and pick the collard green that we're going to wrap right out of the garden. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sometimes the year we can't grow things tw- uh, 12 months a year. We have to rely on the market and farmer's markets and things like that. But simplicity, vitality, and then the third thing that she incorporates in all of her meals is sensuality. 
food has to look good, smell good, and taste good um, to really get you excited about it. And because, as you know, we 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 start di- eating and digesting food really the minute that we look at it. Wow, that's a, that sounds like a great way to eat. Oh, it's fantastic. There's I don't think there's anything better than being able to go out in the garden, pick something, and then turn it into a meal right away. Uh, and when you grow it yourself, of course, you, you know it's organic. You don't have to guess. And there's just a lot of advantages. And lately, we've been growing at a lot of... Uh, in fact, this is going to be on our second uh, DVD, which we start filming in a couple of days. We've been growing sunflower greens indoors. And, and they're so inexpensive to grow. And they're so healthy and so beautiful and so good-tasting. And, and so inexpensive. Literally, for about a dollar a week, we can grow enough sunflower greens to incorporate, I would say, probably about 10% of our diet. Wow. And just fantastic, because this is something that anybody could do in the coldest part of the country, the hottest part of the country, whether they're in a condo in, 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 in a high-rise in New York City or on the beach in Malibu. You can keep these things growing so simple and easy. And so we're really, uh, we're really hoping that a lot of people will pick up on this. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, that's, that's great advice. Um, Min, what was your greatest uh, discovery? I don't, I don't know if that's exactly the question I want to ask, but when you, when you came to this country and were introduced to the American raw way of eating... What, what what surprised you or delighted you the most? The most, um, uh, I eat the, um, that it looks like a vegetarian, but the, we don't cook too much. We, we always use the vegetable from, uh, we, we have the, uh, from uh, some time uh, at market, they have it because in Vietnam we have so many, many kind of mean that uh, we always meet the seven men together to eat that. So uh, that's why I feel every time I eat that, and I feel my body is really good and very, very strong, uh, a little bit more strong every day, every day like that. So Let me see if I, I can love- help in a little bit. Because I thought I think what she's what she's saying to you is uh, she's talking about how she eats seven. We grow seven different kinds of mint. But uh-huh. mint, I think what they're asking you is what food from our style of raw food was new to you. Like maybe the crackers. Maybe you can talk about the crackers because I don't oh, think you make oh, crackers oh. in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, my lid not really good. So <laughs> it's okay. We're helping you along here. We want you to get better at it. How's that? <laughs> Yeah. Talk a little bit, Min, about how you how you made the crackers and how you dream up your recipes and how. Oh, you- oh, oh how yeah. I make the rucker. This is uh, the rucker. I I I make from the carrot pop. Uh, after I give my husband the uh, the, the carrot juice, I, I keep the carrot pop, and I serve the uh, the sun. I serve the black seed overnight. And then I uh, I put on the uh, food processor mm-hmm. and um, uh, one and a half cup the uh, carrot pop mm-hmm. and a, li- uh, a half the um, to- fat tomato and a little bit the sea salt and a lo- little bit seasoning the uh, Italian and we mix together like that and uh, I put out from the plastic paper 
and I blast it and I cut, cut, cut some score one and then I put on high radar. If the, the uh, we have enough sun, we put out the sun. The, uh, when the winter comes, I put on the high radar. Okay. So, yeah. So you can do it in the sun during the uh, hotter months. Yeah, yeah. Wow, how cool is that? Now, does, yeah. is, uh, are the crackers new to you? Because Vietnam's pretty hot, but I think it's pretty uh, humid, so I don't know if you can dry like that in the sun, could you? And, uh, in Vietnam, we don't do that way, because in Vietnam, very humid, and uh, sometimes the, uh, uh, not not good at too. Uh, that's why the, we don't do that. When I come over here, I I just think about... I don't know why the maybe the my Buddha helped me to to think about it, so I think about it and then the youth over here because in American the air the uh, uh here is um maki is a really really good sun and very good the the air, so that's why I put out the sun mm-hmm. okay and you know Ravel, one thing real quick that that I learned right away. From eating the food that, because we also dried our trail mix out in the sun, and a whole lot of things that we we, we get about eight months of the year where we can dry things out of the sun, and we actually get uh, three months of the year where the average temperature here is above 115 degrees, so it's it's pretty hot. Yeah. But but one thing I learned is, you know, when you when you look at somebody who has a tan from a tanning booth, uh-huh. and you look at somebody who has a tan from being outside on the beach, you can tell right away the difference in the color and the difference in the vibrancy. And it's the exact same with the food. Even though dehydrated food is good and we're all used to it and it, it, it helps a lot of us raw food is to have snacks and things like that. What a difference between drying food in the sun and drying it in a dehydrator. Not only the color, but the taste and I'm assuming also the vibrancy of the food. Well, that makes total sense. You know what, we'll, we'll have to talk about this when we come back, but I, I, I like that you brought that up. Hold on. Hi, this is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio, the segment of Rockin' Radio sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com, where they offer free teleclasses and paid webinars and live classes so you can learn how to do what I do for a minimal cost. You'll learn the layperson's way of doing it with no background needed. If you want to get your name out there as an expert in your field, create and sell product, meet great people, and just have fun, please check out mypodcastexpert.com and tell them you heard about them from Revel on Rockin' Radio. If you're enjoying this program and would like to leave feedback or questions, please do so by calling 206-350-1970. Just know you may find your comments on the air. This segment is also brought to you by Raw Spirit Festival. Go to uh, rockinradio.com. You'll find the link there. Please use it to help support Rockin' Radio. My guests today are Ronnie and Min. And we're talking about, just before the break, we were talking about drying foods in the sun as opposed to using a dehydrator. And you mentioned that uh, there's more vitality. And I was thinking there's got to be because it's infusing, the sun is infusing the food with life force. Absolutely, absolutely. Even we, one thing that grows really, really great out here in the desert is um, grapes. 
And so we grow uh, Thompson grapes out here in the desert, and we eat so many of them that we end up making raisins, same thing, just taking them, what they've been doing for thousands of years, and drying them out in the sun. And when you put them in anything, when you put them in a recipe or you put them in trail mix or you eat them by yourself, you just immediately can tell the difference between the ones that have been dried in the sun and the ones that you bought and have been put into a package and sat somewhere for a long time. There's really, uh, it really takes it to another level. Yeah, I've actually tasted the raisins when they've been dried in the sun, and and it is because they're they're not quite so dried, but and they still have like uh, you can feel there's life in them still. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, my question though is, if you're doing crackers, how long does it actually take to dry crackers in the sun? Well, you know what I. I read it actually in the Bible, and I used exactly what they said. I put it; they tell you to put it out in the morning, and when the sun is at its highest, which is noon, you flip them over, and that's what we do. I put them out in the morning, and then around noon, we flip them over, and usually by four o'clock in the afternoon, they are totally done. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to try that out here. We're in sunny Southern California, but right now we're not getting that kind of sun. But when we do, I'm going to try that. I'm going to Time it so I can do my uh, soak my uh, with this, uh, sun, the flax seeds overnight so I can get that going. That'd be fun. And another interesting thing that we learned from doing this is that I originally thought, well, you know, bugs and birds are going to come out there and, and eat all the crackers and trail mix before we get to it. But what we found is that bugs, insects, they don't want anything to do with raw food. You know, insects are drawn to greasy and sugary and unhealthy things. And I, I can put them out in the sun, and right where they have access to all kinds of insects, and the insects won't, won't go near it. We do sometimes put a little, like, umbrella mesh over what we're drying to keep, try to keep any dust that might be in the air out of there. But it was really interesting to see that we didn't have any problem from, from birds or insects. Well, that's interesting, because I know I was out yesterday eating a salad, and it had some fresh tomatoes in it, and I had one big bug just flying all around me. Maybe it was me it wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a tomato bug. <laughs> okay. Ronnie, I know this question has been asked of you numerous, numerous times, and I think you know which question I'm going to ask you. I know the answer to it, but for those who don't, what do you think the question is? Ah, what is the question? How to get started with raw food, maybe? No. Where do you get your protein? Oh, where do I get my protein? <laughs> well, I, I, from what I've read, there's protein in, in leafy greens and proteins in nuts and seeds. And, and I, I guess I'm getting it somewhere. I, I, I ask, answer that question usually with a question. And that question is, you know, where do all of the biggest animals in the world get their protein that eat only grass? You know, horses, cows, elephants, zebras. Uh, giraffes, all these big, huge animals, they just graze on leaves and grass, and they have bones and blood and teeth and hair and every single thing that we build, they build from just eating blades of grass. So I, I, I am a believer that food is more like coal going into a locomotive. You know, it fuels us and it, it empowers us to keep going, but it doesn't really build our bodies. I, I, I'm not one who believes that you eat something and that gets turned into bones or blood or whatever. I'm the belief that, that eating 
it fuels the body, and the body can take from the air, from the sun radiations, from the universe, can take everything that's out there and, and build whatever it, it needs. One of the great examples that I remember, and I, I don't remember where I read it, was that you can, you can plant in a little pot in your house, you can plant a, a seed to grow a indoor plant, for example. You're disappearing. And, 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 yeah, and that plant will grow and produce leaves and, and become huge, but then there's no soil or anything missing out of the ground, so where did it build all that stuff with? It had to take it from the atmosphere, and I, and I really believe that we do also. And I don't check my protein levels, and I also have never met any one person in my life ever who suffers from a protein deficiency. Do you know anybody who suffers from protein deficiency? I know nobody. I never have met anybody, and it's amazing to me that people, and I'm talking about this on my next, uh, I'm doing another podcast called Natural Products Radio, and one of the things I'm bringing up is that, first of all, when people ask me that question, I ask them, well, as somebody who cooks their food, who has, you know, who's killing most of the nutrients, where do you get your nutrients, never mind protein? And I am amazed that people can eat as much junk food as they can and still survive. Well, first of all, the human body is the greatest artistic and scientific creative uh, work in the universe. You know, our creator, whether you believe we were created or evolved, we ended up being the greatest uh, machine in the world. And, and you can almost make a direct comparison between the global warming and the body. You know, the Earth for years and centuries and thousands and millions of years has coped with everything that has happened to it and done fine. But now we find that we're, we're putting toxins into the system at levels that it can't deal with. And the same thing with the body. You know, uh, the human body is so strong and so, has so much genius inside of it that, yes, you can, you can live on, on, on really on junk and do really good for a long time. But with most people, what happens is when you start to get older, your body starts to have enough. Just enough is enough. You know, I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of processing this. I'm tired of keeping you alive if you continue to, to make me do things I don't want to do. And so when you stop all that, when you get away from, from all that nonsense, then you, you go to a different level. And that's what I think is so powerful about raw food. I agree. Example. Yeah. You know, I use this example uh, in, in our DVD. You know, everybody experiences this when they, when they, whatever city they live in, when they get out of the city and they go up to the mountains or they go to the beach or they go out into nature, they feel different. Even if, no matter what their diet is, no matter what their education level is, no matter what their age is, when you leave the, the toxicity of a city and the pollution of the noise and the stress and you go out to a place where you get away from all that, you just feel better. And the same thing happens with raw food. When you take yourself away from the pollution and all the toxicity of, of, of junk food and cooked food and processed food, and you, you, you relieve your body of all that stress, it's like taking a walk out in the country. You just automatically feel better. Now, Ronnie, we've only got a minute left. Um, you offer one on training. Where is that done? Uh, we, have, we do it at our farm. We have, a, we have a farm that is actually built from a... A, a, a schoolhouse that's probably about uh, 100 years old, and we train people there. We train people in the living room of our house. We do demos. We just came back from Min to the demo down in Las Vegas uh, Sunday. Uh, we do demos at the Raw Spirit Fest. We do a demo every year up at the Living uh, 
at uh, the uh, uh, in, in Fort Bragg, uh, Sherry Sawyer. And sure, Living Light Institute. Yeah, we do a demo there for their their uh, their festival in uh, in uh, August. Great. How would you like people to contact you? Just go to our website, ubrawl.com, and they can email me, they can email men, they can email us. Okay, Ronnie, men, it's been great having you with us. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Don't go away. Hold on. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com. That's uh, spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com. I hope that's right. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity Singh. Remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. <laughs>